Oh God. Uh, oh man, you sound deep. Yeah, I'm uh, uh masculine. I've uh, been dealing Over- with overnight overnight protection. <laughs> been dealing with a bad cold all week, and uh, still feel like shit. You have radio announcer's disease. Just all settle down. We get you Ohio players coming up. <laughs> My uh, my canonical example of a film where characters go away on a vacation or go away someplace and come back changed men is uh, Running Scared with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines, which is probably not the uh, probably not the one that most people go to. Not usually, but nope. it's a good film. It's a good film, yeah, yeah, perfectly good snapshot of the eighties. It's like. Uh, like a low rent version of Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Yeah. When the big bad guy was a you know a drug smuggler from Latin America. Yeah. Yeah. The, the good the, old days. The collective big bad of the American consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. It was the eighties. The war on drugs was at its peak. Yeah. America was falling in love with Don Henley all over again. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we call it the Mendoza principle. <laughs> No, I just I think back to those the Latin American villains in the eighties. Usually played by someone like Dan Hedaya in Brownface. <laughs> Putting on a horrific, so... horrific South American accent. That was great. You got your uh there's that kind of you know, a uh, a uh, uh, kind of a stout shorter man who was had male pattern baldness and a mustache, who I remember from Clear and Present Danger as being kind of the big guy. Ooh, yeah. But he wasn't yeah, even yeah. that, like, he wasn't the bad, bad guy. Like, he was the head of the drug cartel, but I think he was also, like, being overthrown by his underlings. Yeah. Who, you ha- who you were had, the real bad guys. Yeah, the I remember the guy who kind of... Kind of looked like a uh, a charming actor, and then snapped that woman's neck in like the Catskills, right? Uh, and then he was the real bad guy. But then it turned out the president was the real bad guy. Mm-hmm. What a twist! God, that movie's really good. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it the other day. I haven't seen it in uh, in years. Whenever I go back to like an old Jack Ryan movie, of course you go to the Hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. But Clear and Present Dangers, uh, that's a pretty good movie. Got Willem Dafoe, not playing a freak. Mm Mm-hmm. Really branching out. It is, is, I mean, I know with with a face like Willem Dafoe's, you you end up typecast in a particular way. But there was a period of time where he was playing, like, straight-up military men and Jesus. He wasn't play. He wasn't playing like little homunculus ape men all the time. Yeah. Well, it's hard because it's like he's a very talented actor, but yeah. also it's not like oh yeah, leading man. <laughs> he's done very well with what he has. Yeah. But it says something about him that is uh, I don't know why I know this. I think he's been nominated for an Oscar twice. One was for Platoon, playing a very you know 
Stand up, saintly military man. And then the other was for playing Nosferatu in Shadow of the Vampire. And I feel like that encompasses his range really well. Really well? Yeah. He was offered the chance to play uh, Franklin Roosevelt. And he said, nope, tis neither Jesus nor Dracula. <laughs> you don't understand, William. He, he, uh, he couldn't walk. He was in a wheelchair. Is it because he had tentacles below the waist? No, no, he, he had polio. It's out. Nope. Tentacles are nothing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'll settle for spider legs. Call me back when you punch up the script with Tanny. <laughs> uh, I need a cough button. Mm. Mm, that's a rich cough. Uh, my cough is significantly less rich than it used to be, though. My I, I used to have the, the like rich, rich Uncle Penny bags of coughs. Which is to say, I had a, a small man in a top hat pounding right from the inside of my chest. <laughs> I was about to say, I think they call that whooping cough. Yeah. <laughs> whooping. Whooping. I'll, uh, I'll cut that out of the recording. <laughs> Let's roll. Let's roll with it. Why not? (laughs) Let's see if we can spin anything off. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. No. You know what? I've been wrestling with this whole teller thing quite a bit the last couple of days. This has really been, been hanging over your head like a dark cloud. It's been uh, it's been on my mind. All right, so so start from the beginning. Like, whose podcast was this on, or what was the Neil deGrasse Tyson? I think you, I think Penn and Teller were on Star Talk. Okay, and I saw a tweet of Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't even think I follow him. I think somebody had retweeted it, mm-hmm. but it said like you know at Penn Gillette and at Mister Teller. Mm-hmm. I was like Teller has a Twitter feed, mm-hmm. and I clicked on it, hoping. Hoping so hard that it would just be like a profile and no tweets whatsoever. But alas, he tweeted like, you know, promotional stuff like any other performer. Uh, Just completely breaking the fourth wall. And, you know, and I'm sure that he on that podcast did not sit there and not say anything. As nice as that would have been. Although I guess somebody needs to break up Pendulette being a raging asshole. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you gotta, you, you can't make a cocktail with just straight whiskey sometimes. You gotta have some bitters, or else it's just a glass of whiskey. And Teller's the bitters. Yeah. I am so looking- this is what I, well, the, yeah. the thing I'm kind of, I'm, I'm wondering, is we don't know that much. The thing about Teller is we don't know anything about him. Maybe he's just an asshole, and Maybe. he just doesn't say anything. Yeah, maybe it's not a gimmick. Maybe it's just. Uh... I mean, he does hang around Penn. That doesn't speak <laughs> well. Doesn't of speak well of him. That's true. No, I'm looking at him on Twitter. He, he's together for a long time. Yeah, he's very active on Twitter. That's yeah. uh, that's kind of problematic. I know. It's the whole bit. Yeah. There, there's a, a professional wrestling term called kayfabe, which refers yes. to. Uh, the idea of maintaining the illusion of the reality of the wrestling event. Um, I, yeah. And and Teller is breaking kayfabe in, in a way that I'm it's not sure. It's the magician revealing their secrets. Yeah, literally. 
The secret is he can talk. Yeah. He's not like a, a mute Harpo Marx type figure anymore. He might as well be tweeting out like how they do their tricks. Yeah. I think it's as an integral part of the act as anything else. Yeah. I, I'm a little comforted by a lot of what he is tweeting seems to be at least act related or photos that are relevant. I was worried I was going to log on and see like him linking personal to, opinions yeah like linking to uh his thoughts on tax policy maybe 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 we're onto something there maybe what we want is is maybe a 24-hour news channel that is entirely um staffed by mimes <laughs> exactly it's inclusive america's a melting pot a spoken pot never melts. <laughs> spoken pot a, never melts. It's an old, yeah. it's an old Chinese, it's an old Chinese proverb. <laughs> Embiggens the noblest spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and this illusion of what Teller should be, and you know what what he holds himself to be in the act. And I think that maybe one thing that we could do is. People have their image in celebrity and their image in um, kind of in film. And you, you see, I mean, take Harrison Ford, for example. Like, you want Harrison Ford to be Han Solo. You want him to be Indiana Jones. You don't want him to be like this you know, quiet, mumbling old man who is basically like a retired carpenter. <laughs> and I'm wondering if there might not be an opportunity for us to, to help people kind of keep the illusion of their their stage persona alive. Maybe he has a lot to teach us. Maybe. Maybe, uh, okay, yeah, maybe him talking is not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe we can turn this around. Maybe he has something to share with the world. I'm thinking... How would we get him to share it? I think, well, we pay him. But I'm thinking a, uh, maybe like a, a motivational speaking tour. And the the topic of the tour is um, specifically how not to kill Pendulette, but more generally, like how to how to conquer the demons inside of you and achieve inner mm-hmm. peace. He uses the metaphor of not killing Pendulette to teach us all something about life and love. And how does he transmit this to us? <clears throat> are you uh, are you familiar with Beijing Opera? So you're looking for an interpretive dance. Yeah. Yeah. I think that okay. could work. So, okay. yeah. It, so we so what the show would consist of would basically be Teller up on a stage by himself uh-huh. dancing about how not to kill Pendulette. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. In a in a black leotard against a black backdrop, black velvet backdrop. I got a venue for my cycle. <laughs> yeah, so I figure like Teller, uh, yeah, he can he can play Carnegie Hall, yeah, but he can also play like uh, high school gyms. Like you you remember the the interminable sort of speakers that you had to sit through in high school? Oh yeah, I I certainly do. Yeah. <laughs> And it gets even better at religious high school. Oh, God. Oh, sorry, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you sit through some guy who's in there speaking to you and giving you life advice, despite the fact that he's the kind of guy who ended up giving life advice in a high school gym. Um, yeah. And uh, I feel like you can spice that up if you take away the speaking and replace it with a uh, a short Las Vegas stage performer doing interpretive dance. Mm-hmm. About how to avoid committing murder to someone, to your business partner. I think Stravinsky is the right uh, the right music to lay underneath this. Little right of spring. Certainly. Yeah. Um yeah, how not to kill your business partner. Yeah. With Monsieur Teller. <laughs> Mit Herr Teller. <laughs> Mit Herr Teller. <laughs> oh oh yeah, maybe it could uh, it could have kind of a cabaret theme to it. Yes. I could see him in like kind of the shirtless and suspenders and makeup. <laughs> I can see That's him. That's got a, something to do with it, right? Yeah, I can see him in a really shitty production of Cabaret. <laughs> they started performing together at the Minnesota Renaissance Fair. <laughs> um, His silence originated during his youth when he earned a living performing magic at college frat parties. He found that if he maintained silence throughout his act, spectators refrained from throwing beer at him. (laughs) I just wonder how, like, does he, like, speak to the clerk at the grocery store? Like, (laughs) where is the line? Where does he draw the line? I like to imagine that he he allows himself to speak in public, but only if he's in disguise, so people don't associate him as Teller. So he like so puts on a, a fake mustache. A fake, yeah, that's exactly where I was going. Yeah, every time he goes to the grocery store, he puts on a fake mustache. Mr. Beller! <laughs> yeah. First name? Shit. 